We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you with the crew, so you can come disguise here. Step up in our shoes, let us give you the news. And tell you all the things that others who scared to. My city worldwide, so how can I fear you? We wasn't raised on the sick code, I'ma spare you. This is not a scene that you can compare to. You might as well soak it all in while you here, dude. Cause this is the birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. I said, birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. And that's from the Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. A. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Welcome, everyone. Happy Thursday. Dom, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. Nice. Like always for the past six episodes. Wait, of what show? Okay, so I'm actually all caught up with the Superstore. Nice. Yes. Mid-season is back up, right? Yes, it okay. is. Because I remember I finished it. Like, I finished, like, the, in the mid-season. So I was, I was all caught up because I'm good. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I am good, too, except that I wanted to have all the season, all the episodes to binge watch. But then I figured that I might as well just watch it now because I needed my dose of Superstore. Oh, my goodness. And now I'm catching up on Blackish. Ooh, I actually am really behind on Blackish. I'm like a, I think I'm a season and a half behind. What? Mm-hmm. I love Blackish. You know what episode I like? I stopped watching after the um, Hamilton esque type of episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like oh really? That was a while ago. That was. I think that might have been in season three, maybe. Oh wow! And then season three, or maybe like early four, something like four. that. Right. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm not sure about the writers for Superstore. Mm-hmm. I don't know how diverse the team is, mm-hmm. but they're writing more episodes that are, I guess, aware of the current situations that are going on. Mm, like, what's going on? For example, in Superstore, they had this one episode about Halloween. Mm-hmm. And how some employees at the store dressed up as like controversial mm-hmm. ethnic groups, mm-hmm. which yeah. aren't really considered costumes. Right. And so Amy goes into like all those details about calling out people. Yeah. <laughs> that was one. Another episode was about healthcare. And oh, they were talking. I remember this one. Yes, go on. So, yeah, so it was basically because Dina and Amy, uh, spoiler alert, okay, for anyone that hasn't watched it, but Dina and Amy both are giving birth at the same time, Mm -hmm. but obviously Dina is a manager, and so she has better health coverage Mm -hmm. than Amy, who is just a floor employee, and they just go into, like, how different it is for 
both women who work at the same company Mm -hmm. but have different types of insurance and how their delivery is different. Um, So I like those two episodes the most. And with Blackish as well, um, there's an episode about where... The, the guy, well, the teenager who is now about to go to college, he decides to take a gap year mm-hmm. and how his parents handled that. Because obviously they didn't have that opportunity, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so it goes into like the details about that. What are your thoughts on a gap year? I, you know what? I was thinking about it and I kind of put myself in the position of a parent. Mm-hmm. And I've worked so hard that if I had a child and he had that privilege, I would encourage it. Interesting. Yeah. But for me, the only thing that might change is that now that I started to do more traveling, Mm -hmm. I would encourage my child instead of just taking that gap year to sit around and do nothing, like Mm -hmm. go out and see the world. Mm -hmm. And because obviously you get different experiences from traveling and that Mm -hmm. might also widen their scope as to which field they want to focus on. Yeah. Obviously I wouldn't say like, Oh, here, take all this money and go travel. No, because that's also going like to the extreme. And I would never spoil the child of mine like that because then they will feel like they can do whatever. And mommy will always have their back financially. Right. And mommy is going to, you know, do a college scam to get them in anyways. (laughs) Exactly. So I would, I would encourage traveling, but obviously within a reasonable budget and something reasonable, not like go explore the entire world in one year. No, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I feel like I, I would support it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm on board. Absolutely. I feel like I'm looking at it both as a parent and a child. And I'm like, I would absolutely have loved that um, opportunity. And like, yeah. if I had that um, to give to my child, I, and if it's my child, as in it inherits some of my qualities, that gap year is just going to turn into, I got my college education <laughs> traveling the world. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. I was like, I don't know. It's kind of a slippery soap. Like, do I like, I think, I think at the end of the day, I think it's like a mute, it's a mutual decision. Um, um, for like, I don't want to ever force anything, especially like when you're a teenager, you're going to go into college and you're like legally an adult. So like, I'm not going to force an 18 year old to go to school. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there, there has to come to like, a decision where like I only want to serve as like a support system for you when you're applying to colleges and even if you want to do that um and I think though if my child is anything like me and gives me this opportunity they will probably not attend school <laughs> you mean not attend school at all yeah Oh, interesting. Yeah. I just feel like I would just like travel and like, I don't know, start a business. Okay. That's what they would do with their tuition money. But hey, that's, that's actually good. I think so. 
And uh, and now I see it that college is not for everyone. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit that when I first graduated college, okay, for me it was a little different because I saw it as like, okay, my parents didn't have the opportunity, so I, I need to take advantage of the fact that now I can attend, right? Mm-hmm. And so whenever I saw kids, well, obviously now teenagers that also came from like the same situation as I did, I questioned it. I was like, but why don't you want to go to college? Mm -hmm. You know? And at that point I thought like everyone should go to college. Yeah. Especially if you're first generation. Yeah. But then I realized, no, college is not for everyone. And why are you going to get yourself in debt Mm -hmm. or, you know, put your parents through like this financial situation when you know that it's really not for you. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you know, you just know. (laughs) That's true. I mean, I absolutely would, I I would encourage them though. It's not like I'm saying don't go. I'm saying like, if that's the decision you make, I'm, I'm not going to be mad at it to be honest. Cause like you said, if you know, you know, Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think I kind of lucked out going to a school where I like really was able to like form friends and have a program that really fit me. But that's not for everyone because it's like technically college is like college education is like homogenous. Like you're supposed to like get a degree like to do in like in, um you're supposed to get a degree in a specific major and they're going to teach you the same way <laughs> as everyone else in the major in the curriculum because that's what a curriculum is uh-huh. like it's gonna be it's not gonna be like everyone has like a tailored fit experience oh right you have people who just like nothing like nothing within the institution suits them but they find learning in other ways yeah you make a really good point yeah I hope I hope that made sense because I'm yeah. like putting words together and I'm like, I know what I'm saying, but yeah. Yeah. It makes sense because obviously everyone doesn't learn the same way. Like some people are more Mm hands-on others just learn by like, uh, memorizing basically, but others Mm -hmm. don't. And so, like you said, in college, it's this curriculum and they expect everyone to learn at the same pace Mm -hmm. when it takes people, people learn at different speeds. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm learning first grade math. (laughs) And so when it comes to school in general, they put like a very standard measurement and they're like, okay, everyone has to be at this reading level Mm -hmm. and everyone has to be at this level of math. When honestly, some kids are just not going to be great at math, no matter if they spend five hours with a tutor. Right. But, and that doesn't make them less valuable to society or less intelligent. Yes, exactly. Because they could have other talents like being artistic or Mm -hmm. there are many things. And that's how I feel now with school. Mm -hmm. I I noticed it with with like some of my nieces that they've taken longer to speak Mm-hmm. And they're already sending therapists to their home and they're like, no, because all the other children are mm-hmm. at this level and your daughter is not. So we have to see what's wrong. When in reality, the parents also took a long time to speak when they were little. Oh, 
yeah, and and this was a conversation that my family and I had uh, a couple of months ago because one of my nieces is going through that. And my cousin told me that now she doesn't even want to go to school. <sighs> yeah, because she said, she's like, no, they tell me I'm not doing it right. Oh and, and I guess she's already feeling stressed. Yeah, that, that's that's anxiety. That is so sad to hear. Uh-uh. I'm like, that makes me kind of, I'm like happy. I didn't, I don't remember any of my ESL days. Cause I feel like it might've been similar. Um, like having like the stress of having to learn how to speak English and you're just like, well, this is what I speak at home. Like, I don't like, it's confusing for a child to be told like, this is your standard and you're not meeting it. And we have to like keep pushing you until you do. You right. Know I mean? And like that's I feel like that's a lot on a baby. It is. But yeah, I can see how someone could grow up eventually to dislike school. Yeah. And by the time they get to college, then they're like, no, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, speaking of college, well, this kind of like is a good segue into our overall um, theme. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, this feels so, so good. So I wanted to like pretty much just like talk about um, celebs on my favorite platform, Lit Twitter. But I, in talking about college and especially financial college, and we're talking about first generation, um, you know, college woes and higher education, I remember um, this was like around the discourse about like what it's like to be first generation and going to school and like not having either generational wealth or like your parents are unable to help you, um, you know, with the whole process. So it's like a lot of things that you are basically wading through on your own. Uh Um, and I remember like we're having, I remember this like really serious discourse and I'm like, Karen and I talk like, this is how we even bonded. We talk about (laughs) all the things we like had to like, parent ourselves like we had to like be that for ourselves while trying to navigate a new society um so we talk about that all the time and I remember (laughs) one thing that I see like in between all of this conversation was um we I am I have been a fan of this actress um Gina Rodriguez for those who don't know she's um (laughs) <laughs> she's like the lead actress in Jane the Virgin, which like we are, we have been really good, big fans of. Yeah. Like, I remember the first season I was hooked. I could not stop watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, okay. People who are online will probably know that Gina, when you hear about Gina, it's almost never really about what she's doing, but more about what she's said. Um, and you know, I, some, some people are just really good on screen and yeah. let your press people do the talking. Um, and this is like 
one of the things that had to do with like, you know, first generation um, people going to college, there was this one fan who tweeted at her. <laughs> this uh, Twitter handle is pretty funny. Um, so uh, DJ Pendejo <laughs> <laughs> tweeted at Gina and she goes, please help a struggling Latina sister who can't afford to pay her tuition. And Gina goes, she quote tweets it, and she goes, have you looked into the Hispanic scholarship fund? There are plenty of places to look for help, mama. Let's research. She sounds like a mother. You know, when you tell your mom you can't find something, and then she goes over and looks for it and Mm -hmm. actually finds it, Mm -hmm. and she's like, you got to look with your hands and with your eyes. Oh my God, ew, you sound like my mom. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how she sounds. Mm -hmm. Sounds like she's a mom scolding her child. It does sound a little condescending. (laughs) Like when I read that, I was like, wait, what? Am I feeling some type of way? Like, am I not reading this right? And then (laughs) I see a lot of people were like, okay, Gina. Um, But yeah, I just thought that it was like, while we're talking about this um, and there's like other instances of uh, celebrities who like interact with their fans and have like the most like standoffish, I would say. Who's the one about Kim Kardashian? Yeah. So it's actually Khloe Kardashian. Oh, Khloe. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is the most recent one that like people, like, so people have been talking about this one because I think it was tweeted yesterday or wh- whatever, or this week. And then they looped back to Gina's <laughs> response. And I'm like, yeah, this is definitely um, one of those uh, situations. But so this poor girl, um, she goes, so I realize. I have to work 20 hours in order to afford Khloe Kardashian jeans and I'm in love with them. Catch me picking up extra shifts. And you know what, Khloe, Miss Khloe, you wrecked my family. Kardashian replied to this girl. She goes, oh, well, like 17,000 W's. (laughs) This is so cute with 83 million um, <laughs> exclamation points. I'm so happy you enjoy them. One, why she didn't even read the tweet right. She didn't, she doesn't even have the jeans. She doesn't <laughs> have the jeans yet. She's saying she has to work 20 hours to get the jeans. So, what do you mean you're so happy she has them? What, do you, what does that even mean? She doesn't even have them with her. <laughs> Also, if I was this girl tweeting that, right, and I get that response from her, I'd be like, nope, forget it. Yeah, I'd be like, no. I'm going to go to Forever 21 or something. I'm like, that's that's your your cue to get your PR people looped in and be like, let's help a fan out. I'm actually going to look this. This is a From the Bronx with Love investigation, Khloe Kardashian Jean retail price <laughs> oh yeah all right. are you looking it up right now yeah stay with us folks <laughs> all right all right so these jeans are 
Okay, I don't want to sound like I'm a Richie cat. Okay, tell me, Dom. <laughs> the most expensive I do see is um, they're ugly. Um, <laughs> they're called the Good Legs Fray Front Triangle, and it's like a weird triangle boot cut. Um, a light-ish wash jeans with like weird patches of um, rips in them. Mm. And it's uh, $179. Uh-uh. Oh, no, girl. No. No. No, 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 no. That's the Richie Cat in you talking. No, here's the thing. I'm not saying it's, like, affordable. I'm just saying I thought they were, because um, I, like, I really like Rag and Bone. Oh, yes. Okay. I thought they were like that kind of. That's what I was already expecting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at pictures. I don't know unless the fit is amazing, but yeah, these look like very average jeans. Yeah. And I think she just slapped her name on it, and that's why the prices are so expensive. Because, like you said, rag and bone. Oh, and I actually have a pair of jeans from them, but mm-hmm. because I got it at the thrift shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this pair of ra- rag and bone jeans that I actually really like um, that are similar to the ones, um, they're, they're same mid-rise uh, ankle skinny, so just like um, Chloe's, but no rips, and it's like a nicer wash. It's $225, so that's what I was expecting. So it's okay. not too off. All right. Like, it's still, like, pricey. But I thought it was, like, I thought I was, like, expecting, like, a $300 pant. That's why I was, like, oh, it's not <laughs> as expensive. But it's still, it is still pretty pricey. Yeah, it is. <laughs> really pricey. Because I, my jeans are Target. I'm going to put it out there. Oh, my jeans are American Eagle. Yeah. Oh, those are really comfortable jeans. I love them. That's the only place where I get my jeans from. I've been told to shop American um, Eagle, and I've only been able to find one pant that's been able to, like, fit me as well as it does. The others, they need curvature. I (laughs) not down with like I've tried some on it's like sitting down and I know for all the ladies out there with a nice little trunk (laughs) you know the gap I'm talking about there is a specific jean gap that happens when you have a butt (laughs) all the waist and American Eagle literally does not acknowledge like this complete erasure of our body types so I can't even though I know I've been told that they're very high quality and been told. So American yeah. Eagle, hit us up. We need a sponsorship. And I'm happy to do a collaboration where all your stores get sold out because I finally create jeans for... That's how popular Dom is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, my, it's my first collaboration. <laughs> Like, oh my god, guys, I've been dreaming about this since I was like young girl. <laughs> so now that we mentioned two people that have like rude comments when it comes mm-hmm. to their their followers. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like if that happened, I'm not saying like, okay, absolutely, like Gina, give out free money. Um, Chloe could absolutely afford to give out one pair of jeans. Yes. Um yeah. Yeah, because that's like 
disgusting like that this poor girl has to work extra hours to afford a pair of pants let alone like she also needs her paycheck to eat and like mm-hmm. yeah um so like no she chloe can afford it but like with gina it's like either you didn't need to like comment <laughs> or you could have worded that a little yeah. <laughs> i think the wording i told you what she sounds like a mom Hmm. I was gonna say, what do you think if if this tweet about the the college tuition mm-hmm. was directed towards Cardi B? Oh, because I know she she's pretty generous from what I can tell. Because yeah. I think it was during the winter time she was giving out winter coats in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I feel like. A lot of uh, celebrities, once they get to this high position, they forget what the struggle is like. Mm-hmm. And I feel with Cardi especially, she she still acknowledges that. Because I've seen a lot of her Instagram posts where she talks about like taxes and the cost <laughs> of like getting nails done and all that stuff. Yeah, well, Cardi is a big Bernie Sanders supporter. So she... I feel like sometimes class designation can kind of betray you when, like, if you are really rich, but still you have, like, the class consciousness of, like, the 99%. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cardi is very clearly in the 1%. So I'm like, I don't think she could, she would ever be like, yeah, I'm a democratic socialist, like Bernie Sanders, because people are like, girl, you're a billionaire. You're, we're going to guillotine you. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, I mean, I'm not Cardi. You are firmly in our camp because after the revolution, we're going to need billionaires to fund everything else. So Cardi and Beyonce, y'all are saved. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Bezos, on the other hand. Um, I was going to say, yeah, so like, but she's like, understands. Like she gets, like she still gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what it is. She the money doesn't create any kind of separation or like a split in like her reality. Like she is re- still really grounded in like where she came from, and she still understands that. Like that's why she talks about her taxes, <laughs> and she's mm-hmm. like, "Why is the government taking out all these taxes?" Yeah, like, I remember that that one. And the infrastructure is. Basura. I'm like, oh my God, why is she talking to me right now? I'm like, Cardi and I are not in the same tax bracket, but I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I feel like if that tweet was, was um, for her, mm-hmm. she obviously, I don't think she was going to be like, I'm going to write you a check, but I feel like she would have used her audience in mm-hmm. order to help out. Right. That's what I think. I feel like I'm not a fan of like the GoFundMe's and oh. cash apps. I'm not saying I'm not a fan because of the people who like use them. I'm not a fan that like that is like this the thing that we have to use instead of having a structure in place where like education doesn't even need to be paid for. You know what I'm saying? Like GoFundMe, like half of it has to do with like medical or funeral costs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't like that. That's 
being commodified. Like we should have better <laughs> health care so like people can like pay for their kidney um uh um what is it implants no transplants sorry Transplant. yes you know what i'm saying so like i when it comes to like tackling like the structural um aspect of it i really don't like that this is an alternative conversely though i think it's amazing though when people are able to raise money mm-hmm. and it's really getting a lot of like a set of eyes on things. So like if, like you said, Car- like came across Cardi or somebody else who was more generous, it wouldn't be like, let's do the research mama. It would be like, Hey guys, let's help a sister out. Yes. Yes. I think she would have done something like that. Yeah. So I, I really want it to be known that I'm like, I'm not bashing GoFundMe because your girl needs crowdfunding for her documentary. I'm bashing <laughs> the fact that we have a really precarious economic system that allows for people to solely depend on crowdfunding. Yep. I saw those um, tweets um, and I'm like, hmm. Wait, you know what? Mm-hmm. Coming from Gina, it- it doesn't surprise me as much just because she has been controversial in the past. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. And when she first started her career, I did support her. Mm -hmm. But as she like started tweeting more and more, I was like, no girl, no. Yeah. It's funny that we like bring up Gina um, and her controversial um, tweets so like I don't want to like do like an explainer like go too into it those who know know um mm-hmm. but pretty much what Gina tends to do when it comes to representation um which as someone in media myself um black latina uh first generation daughter of immigrants I think representation is huge. Like I absolutely believe in representation mattering. Um, I don't quite understand where she comes from when it comes to like representation only for her mattering. And that's where it's an issue. Um, I remember the um, Yara Shahidi. It was her Yara Shahidi. (laughs) Karen's like, yeah, Uh -uh. tell him, tell him. Um, (laughs) that little interview where the the interviewer talking to a black Iranian woman, Yara, mm-hmm. um, saying like, you're an inspiration to young black girls because she is like, that is a key demographic of people who she, you know, reaches out to. And then Gina goes mm, to all women. And I'm like, that. That is so unnecessary. You don't need to all lives matter, like black representation, because it's not a competition. Right. And then I don't know if a lot of people saw like the actual footage, like the Mm -hmm. interview footage. But when I saw it, she she was like sitting back in her in her chair. Mm -hmm. And the minute she decides to interrupt, Mm -hmm. according to her, to correct that, Mm -hmm. she, she was like. 
she she backs up from her chair and she's like two old women woman and then she she sits back down on her chair like she's so proud of what she just said (laughs) (laughs) didn't you notice that well I did and she she this is the thing it's like she is so passionate about representation but it's literally just representation for her and like Latinas who look like her because this is the thing it's like people really conflate like Latina as an ethnicity with a race. So mm-hmm. she's um, messy sex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes I like slip and I try to be inclusive with my language, but sometimes I'm like slipping and I'm like, okay, how do you say this? Um, yeah. Thank you. And I feel like that's all like, so when she says like, I want la- la- Latina representation, she really wants like messy sex Latina representation mm-hmm. and like that's not it at all like it's so diverse <laughs> yeah it is and I, white latinas cameron diaz christina aguilera um mm-hmm. mariah carey i was just gonna say mariah carey and there's afro latinas me and gina torres but specifically me you know there's like asian latinas i know um in uh, the dominican republic actually they have a very like large um uh japanese community as well as in south america and then there's we cannot forget indigenous we cannot forget our yalitza you know what i'm saying it's it's so it's so connected in a way where you don't have to dissect and then erase. And that's my issue with her. Yeah. You know what? I I think it was a month and a half ago, probably two. Mm -hmm. She was on Latino USA. Maria Hinojosa interviewed her. Mm -hmm. And Maria brought up the, those tweets and how she's been controversial on social media. But I feel like the way that Gina Rodriguez responded to the question, it was just like she she just spoke around it and never fully addressed it. Oh. Yeah, it was like, I, at the end, I was even confused. And I was like, wait, she didn't answer the question. <laughs> I'm going to link it in the info box so everyone yeah. can go listen to it. But, yeah, I didn't like... Uh, that interview and this was before that movie miss bala came out Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. i kind of wanted to go see because i saw the original one yeah and i was really into that movie Mm -hmm. and then when i heard that they were going to remake it i was like okay maybe maybe i'll go watch it and then i found out that gina rodriguez was gonna be in it and then i was like "Uh uh-uh no i can't Mm -hmm. I really like her. I think she's like, I think she's cute and spunky. I just think that she, she, she does this too often to not, to like understand that like it's a problem. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. now kind of willful and she just doesn't want to listen. But that's the thing. Don't you think it would be better if she just admit it? Yes. And that's it. And like open, she she would be open to to yeah. getting educated about it versus mm-hmm. trying to deny it. Yes, if she could just 
not say anything of like that she has really no range to talk about do you know what i'm saying and like listen like listen we do want representation like there's such a galvanizing support and effort to get one day at a time on a different channel because like that is such a good representation of like a latinx family and there's like stories there that like really resonate with a lot of people in this country um so like it's not it's not for nothing you know what i mean like people are like oh we don't really care about it like that's not a thing right that's not a thing especially when you talk to us you talk to us that's like one of our driving missions in like content that we want to produce is to always uplift people of, of our community so like it's not it's no one doesn't want representation yeah but like for her to like continue and hammer on and fight for a very like insular kind of representation and erase other people of color it's like can you please just take some time to listen to what people are saying and kind be more inclusive because if you're asking white media to be inclusive of you but you're not being inclusive of everyone else like what does that make you Mm -hmm. for me i feel like i would be okay if she admitted to to her mistakes because we're all human we all make mistakes Mm -hmm. and no one is an expert on every topic right no exactly but at, like you said, she should also educate herself mm-hmm. before tweeting out all these things. Oh my goodness! It like it is. It costs nothing to tweet. Like yeah, tweet. just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I I do love her role in Jane the Virgin, and me too. I think she's so cute and spunky. she is very cute. But this also goes back to like. Mm, I guess not being like too into a celebrity, I guess, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everyone has co- controversy, I guess, at some point or okay. might say something. Of course, when I'm famous, someone's going to dig up this podcast and be like, you see, you see what she said? <laughs> you know what she said about Cardi B? <laughs> but I feel like that's why you should never put a person, like hold them up to like, the highest you know yeah, that's fair a good little reminder because we did have an amazing episode about problematic faves yeah. and i feel like we're kind of getting into it and i do want to update because this person was on a <laughs> she was um she had a very honorable mention in our problematic fave um segment and she's back in the news again <laughs> and it is Miss Kat Von D talking about like Latinas and people are like saying I'm seeing because she's back in the news again I'm seeing people who are saying like you know like we can't diminish the fact that she's a she's a person of color I'm like Kat Von D is a white Latina like she's a white woman yeah what we're not gonna do is that (laughs) (laughs) um but she is was a problematic fave i don't know if she was your problematic fave i know she was mine for a only for very specific context and it was like i really like her setting uh powder 
because it's really hard out here for people with oily skin <laughs> in New York during the summer. Okay. I think it might have been yours. Yeah. Yeah. So she's definitely canceled though. Like once she's like, I'm not vaccinated. Well, I mean, actually she should have been canceled with the Nazi stuff. So cancel me for not canceling her the Nazi stuff. <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, she's 1000% canceled. Um, I remember she did say she apologized at that point. Yeah. But I don't know. I, when I, when she apologized, that was back in the day when I was not woke and I was like, mm-hmm, kind of verging on stand culture, which what you were tra- you were talking about, like people who like defend yeah. to death. And like, now I'm like, Mm-mm. you look at me sideways canceled. <laughs> so yeah, she's back in the news. Um, and she has been denying accusations that she's a Nazi and an anti-vaxxer. How is she denying that she's an anti-vaxxer when she had like 70 posts on Instagram saying she's going to do what she wants with her children and vaccines are the thing that's not going to happen. How are you denying that? You said it with your mouth. She forgot what she said. (laughs) You know what's happening is that her bank account is making her remember that vaccines are actually good for the world. That, and I feel like also, because recently in the news, it, it has been kind of like a popular topic where not only celebrity parents like her, but also average parents who don't want to vaccinate their kids. Mm-hmm. And there's been like outbreaks of like, um, what's it, what's it called? Measles, yes. right? Yes, measles, yes. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, I think now she finally understands mm-hmm. the importance of vaccinations, even though she doesn't want to admit it. I think uh, we covered our bases with our problematic tweets and responses <laughs> from celebrities. Um, I think Chloe definitely could have done something. Gina didn't have to respond, and uh, um, Kat Von D can just be honest. So, and with that, I think that's a great like last little bit is use your platform to help out. Yes, I love that. Oh yeah, this feels so so good. Or highlights. Since we mentioned a few weird people on Twitter, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to highlight someone that is always super polite on social media. Do you have an idea of who I'm talking about, though? I've read her books. It's <laughs> I know who she is. She used to be VP at Goldman Sachs. Yes. Um, she's it's Julissa. Yes, there you go. <laughs> But yeah, I tweeted a few times when I initially read her first book, I tweeted Mm -hmm. at her and she responded very nicely. And from Mm -hmm. time to time, I've Mm -hmm. sent her some responses via the podcast Instagram. Mm -hmm. And she's also super nice to to respond. I feel like she she does a good job of engaging with her audience. Mm -hmm. So I want to highlight her. Mm -hmm. That's my little highlight for the for the week <laughs> she's, just, she's just being really the exemplar of decent human interaction yeah. <laughs> and, and based on her tweets that i've seen obviously like she, she'll 
bond, but she will also have facts like to back it up. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like people asking for help, I've never seen any tweets from her that are <laughs> similar to Gina's. No, I don't think I've seen them either. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like for, for, um, sending anyone to hell, basically that's what our main topic was. We, we got that covered. Yeah. <laughs> like not to hell really. It's just like a little way station where we like sit them down in a class and we give them a presentation and be like, stop talking like a crazy person. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. because our Instagram is amazing and it is popping. And you know, you know <laughs> who's really behind it all. So give yourself a really big. <laughs> no, I was going to say Twitter is also good. You are doing a good job. Because yeah. on Twitter, you focus more of like. You know, the politics stuff. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's more of like pictures from the Bronx and inspirational mm-hmm. quotes and all that. And you know what that's called? It's what? called balance. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's why you need to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. <laughs> all right. Hope everyone has a great week. Bye. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.